a bull bear stalemate, and it's all about the long bond now. Hi, Peter Navarro here with the Economy and Market Wrap for the week ending October 13th, 2023. And this was one of the strangest weeks I've seen in the stock and bond markets in a very long time. Recall from last week's missive, I noted a strong bullish reversal in the S&P 500 at the end of the week. After eight weeks of correctly calling a bearish downward trend, this bullish reversal warned me off of any notion of shorting the market and reinforced a pure cash call. Absent further news, I fully expected this week to be in the green for the bulls, anticipating a continued downward trend in inflation, no Fed rate hike in November, a continued strong jobs market, and an above-trend third-quarter GDP growth rate soon to be announced that would augur well for corporate earnings and, therefore, stock prices. Over the weekend, however, the Hamas hit the fan in Israel with the most brutal forms of atrocities. This has triggered all-out war in the Gaza Strip, the specter of another Arab oil embargo, think Qatar here to begin with, a further drain on both the U.S. arsenal and budget because of anticipated aid, and yet another refugee crisis. In the meantime, both the producer price index and consumer price index came out hot enough to suggest that the hope for downward trend in inflation is likely to be unsustainable. And that is exactly what the long bond, the 10-year Treasury, is telling us as it continues to firm upwards in yield while further depressing bond prices. As for the actual data, the PPI, the Producer Price Index, ticked up by 0.5% in just one month, the third time in a row, while the price at the pump went up by a whopping 5.4%. Strip out the unpredictable food and energy sectors, and the PPI still went up by 0.3%. That's pretty hot. On the CPI front, consumer prices in the U.S. nudged up by 0.4% in September, a bit cooler in August, 0.6%, but still hotter than predicted. Year over year, inflation stuck to a 3.7% rate, defying expectations of cooling down to 3.6%. Digging deeper, excluding food and energy, inflation still hiked up by 0.3% for the second month running. Over a year, this core inflation rate did slow down just a touch, but not much from 4.3% to 4.1% as expected. So what's driving up consumer prices? Shelter costs are the big culprit, rising by 0.6% and making up more than half of the total increase. Gasoline's another biggie. Prices revving up by 3%. Overall, the energy index rose by 1.5%, while food costs inched up by 0.2% for the third month in a row. Also on the rise were the costs for rent, motor vehicles, and recreation. Hotel and motel prices likewise leaped by 3.7%. But at least used cars got a little bit cheaper. The biggest thing that caught my eye reading between the lines was the fact that the Treasury Department, get this, went out this week with a big auction for 30-year bonds. There were few takers, 
and the bond dealers caught with inventory managed to sustain losses from the lack of demand, the fall in price, and rising yield from, what, from the when-issued price. In lay terms, if Treasury can't sell its bonds at the posted yield, it's going to have to offer higher yields. And that means the long end of the bond curve is telling us we can expect a long-term inflation. Yes, it's all about the long bond now. My bottom line for the week, what we're witnessing over the last week is a classic stalemate between the bulls and bears on Wall Street. And there are just simply too many bullish and bearish competing forces to glean any kind of net market effect. That's why cash earning a nice 5% return in short-term instruments is such an attractive option for the near term. That said, I also now think once again, based on what happened over the weekend, that it's more risky to be long than short. And if I had to speculate on a direction, I'd be short via a leveraged instrument for the S&P 500 like SPXU. But that is a very close call only for those not faint of heart. Remember, I'm not giving advice here, just sharing how I like to think about the markets. Let's close uh, with this last observation is the flag half-mast on Capitol Hill. The House Speaker's race is both a shambles and quite revelatory of the large pockets of rhinos, Republican in name only, within the Republican House majority who hate us folks in MAGA and are much more comfortable giving Wall Street, Big Pharma, and the defense industry whatever it wants rather than balancing our budget. All signs here point to a Republican capitulation that will kick the debt limit can down the road another six months and thereby take off the table government closure. Never mind the fiscal cliff these fools are driving us over because they won't bargain for deficit reduction. The only good news about this shambles is that it is flushing out the rhinos that need to be primary. Bannon's war room is all over that, and so should we be. Peter Navarro, out. He's written for the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and now he's writing for you. At peternavarro.substack.com, get the latest updates related to the Chinese Communist Party's invasion of America. Read Peter Navarro's weekly market recap to protect your wealth. Get the inside scoop on all the things related to Trump 2024. All this information can be found at peternavarro.substack.com. Discover both the blueprint and the battle cry for taking back Trump's America. Subscribe today at peternavarro.substack.com. Look around and tell me what you see Every day, more people in the street Said I used to work in a factory Right now, I don't work for anything
we've got simple needs Too bad They sent our jobs away As the CEOs get richer That jobs all move offshore We go to the store and spend our money Send all the dollars overseas This ain't the land of milk and honey This is the land of trading Trading me. 